Welcome to AM Best Audio. One thing you hear a lot is, you know, is is, is AI going to take my job? Uh, no. Um, another underwriter who's using AI is going to take your job. I'm not a, a believer that AI is going to come in and we're going to have mass layoffs in, in the insurance industry. We all will kind of use it and harness it in different ways, um, but it's exciting for all of us. The thing I'm mostly excited about is how AI can be used as a force multiplier. Which insurance jobs are at risk? Which have been enhanced in selling, underwriting, claims, asset management, operations, and more? And how can insurance professionals avoid occupational obsolescence? Welcome to this AM Best TV special presentation. What the AI revolution means for insurers, insureds, and the insurance workforce. I'm John Weber. In this second installment, how AI is remaking the insurance workforce, we ask the question that everyone really wants to know, will AI take my job? No, another underwriter who's using AI is gonna take your job. Um, so it, it, it's, it's helping underwriters and, uh, and claims managers uh, do better, um, you know, to be able to see more, evaluate more, uh, consider more in making their decisions. But I, I don't think, you know, we're ready to replace uh, those human decisions. You know, it's kind of funny because if, you know, I've been around long enough to see technology sort of implemented and every time technology comes along, people said it's going to everybody's going to lose a lot of jobs. Well, you know, my sort of analogy is word processing. When word processing came in, went from typewriters to word processing, it's a very good tool. It made it much more productive. But I think the jobs transformed um, but didn't change. So I kind of look at this mostly as a really great new tool, and it will transform jobs. I'm not sure it's going to lose jobs because I think what will happen is a lot of the sort of mundane, if you will, or you know, standard things that, that were done, the machine can do, and you can get to higher, higher order, if you will, or higher level activities that are actually of more value to the customer. So I think it's a great tool. I still continue to believe you have to look at the output and say, well, does this make sense? It's really important to recognize that AI is not what you do, it's how you do it. And then this new technology just unlocks new ways of doing uh, things, and sometimes things you've never been able to do before. AI is really good with doing predictions, so knowing what it is that the AI is reading and, and, and predicting what it is uh, when you want to extract information in a very kind of efficient and accurate way. I heard the phrase assisted uh, intelligence instead of artificial intelligence, and you know, it's taking and boiling down all the mundane pieces of, of working through a claim and, and you know, synthesizing that into one uh, focused piece of information where the, then the adjuster can look at it and create, you know, what needs to happen so, and move it forward. So it's more of an assist than it taking over. Regardless, with this pattern matching, will we be able to trust AI to make the right decisions, especially when it comes to underwriting? Jody, what are your thoughts there? It depends. <laughs> no, I definitely think um, AI is going to be a tool for underwriters during their underwriting process, but it's not something that we can just sort of like just put, put the code in and just let the, the AI just go, go ahead with it. Because again, within insurance, it's not only about the data, right? It's all about, there, there are other things that come into play once you're doing your, your underwriting exercise. 
So I think it's going to be a, an enabler. It's going to enable us to be better solution providers for our clients and it's going to be better for the insurance market as a whole, but it's not necessarily going to take over. It's not going to be Skynet. Have you had a chance to take ChatGPT or any of the others out for a test drive? So I have. I actually did a, uh, we had a, a demo with our Microsoft team and our own internal technology team. Uh, it was an hour-long demo we went through, and, and, and as I said, I'm not a technologist, so this was really eye-opening to me to see how it worked about the quality of the information you could get out of it, depending on sort of what you put into it. And then we spent a lot of time talking about how could we actually use this? Like, what are the things that we could apply today safely that would actually make the lives of our employees better and our customers better? And uh, so it's, again, it's a little scary for me that I'm not a technologist, but I can see, and I'm encouraged by the team's confidence that we'll be able to use something like this in the future. But the skills required to succeed in those jobs won't be the same as today. The thing I'm mostly excited about is how AI can be used as a force, as a force multiplier. So think about it this way. You have a newly hired, newly trained underwriter or claim adjuster or an agent. And all of a sudden, if they use the right co-pilot, so-called AI tools, they have access that is making them equivalent to a super experienced, decades experienced uh, uh, professional. And all of a sudden, they have access to this insight and advice within, the, the, within their fingertips. So I think the potential here of creating a force multiplier that would make insurance professionals so much more efficient in what they do is going to be amazing. It's going to be a win-win. It's going to be resulting in a much better agent experience, most importantly, a customer experience, and also probably better profitability and better business results for the companies that will adopt that. So it means that workers are going to need a new set of skills. They're going to need to appreciate how technology impacts not only their role, but the company and how they can support their customers more. So it's going to help them go from detect and repair to predict and prevent, but they have to have an appreciation of those technologies to know how they can leverage that for their business. Listen, I think um, underwriters for sure will always have that same responsibility to take a good look at a risk, understand potential liabilities at potential pitfalls of an operation to keep it healthy, and we'll have to use that good judgment to get their best foot forward to partner with that business to make sure it stays healthy going forward. Data and analytics, the availability of these technologies, um, artificial intelligence, all these things coming at us at once, I think the underwriter of the future is just going to have to be flexible and really understand that these tools available are only going to augment that core judgment, those fundamentals of underwriting that make great companies better and um, you know, uh, make, make risk more palatable in the marketplace. Do you think MGAs are really the most likely and most logical sector to be adopting AI just because of their relationship with technology? Yeah, it's funny. Um, I would say yes, MGAs absolutely, but MGA is an extension of carriers and carrier underwriting, so carriers are going to have kind of a big um, investment and a big opportunity in that space as our brokers. So I would say kind of the entire kind of spectrum of insurance and risk management is going to be impacted in hopefully a positive way by AI. And we all will kind of use it and harness it in different ways, um, but it's exciting for all of us. When we come back, the beauty of it is that it's really making the lines between scientific disciplines very blurry. And later, we're focusing on things that from a back office perspective, things that uh, you know humans really shouldn't be doing to begin with.
Welcome back to this AM Best special presentation, how AI is remaking the insurance workforce. What many believe that remaking or change will look like is that the scope of jobs will expand, breaking apart many job silos. Is part of that paradigm shift bringing together dis different disciplines to model these perils? Yeah, so cat modeling has always uh, employed people of a variety of backgrounds, and I would say that kind of key to any cat model is your uh, observations. So uh, station observations or reanalysis data or your, you know, your historical record, and that kind of grounds you in uh, how large-scale events in, end up basically causing damage at a, a location. So, that, so we need people who have a backgrounds in meteorology and in observational data, and that's um, uh, still, we still hire uh, people. But kind of with kind of AI, we also need uh, people who are very versed in kind of uh, spatial statistics, representing uh, spatial dependencies between uh, uh, different things that we model, uh, and so rep and being able to represent basically the uh, the way things happen together uh, at like on the surface based on numerical simulation and observation. So kind of blending those things together kind of creates a catastrophe model. So Charles and I have very different backgrounds, by the way. Charles is a climate scientist by training. I'm more of a computational scientist, I would say. Hmm. Uh, the other thing I might add is that uh, when we start using artificial intelligence, the beauty of it is that it's really making the lines between scientific disciplines very blurry. So you know, it's at the confluence of computer science and data science, physical modeling. And this is very, it's the specificity of AI. I don't think it'll take jobs away. I mean, it'll make things certainly more efficient. I mean, we're building our own software in-house right now. Um, Encore, we have a, we've actually put a, a blurb on it recently on our website, a link um, to talk a little bit about it. But what that's helped us do is just become more efficient. We, we're not replacing people, we're just becoming more efficient. So that'll, you know, lessen the, the amount of hiring we have to do, you know, three, four years down the road. Um, you know, and of course there's, you know, AI that's being introduced all over but companies need to be cautious with artificial intelligence because it can get out of control. So as we, you know, begin to start building that within our platform, you know, with caution, you know, you can do some things, but you can also do some damage too. So there's a lot of caution out there on AI, but um, for us right now, it's just continuing to attract great talent. Uh, some of the things that we do that are unique is, you know, when people call us, they don't get a, they're not talking to a chat bot or they're getting a live person on the phone. And that's actually really helped us with our retention rates as well, um, is we're not replacing the human touch with a robot. Because it's just, you know, it's just not the way it's, people don't like it. Are insurance professionals going to have to learn to live with AI, Jody, or is it AI that's going to have to learn to live with insurance professionals? <laughs> it's definitely that AI is going to have to live with the insurance professionals. And I, I believe that because, again, from within the insurance industry, it's a relationship industry. So AI is not going to be able to replace that. However, we're going to be able to have better, more informed conversations with our clients. And the solutions that we provide are going to be better informed because we've previously been mentioning the amount of information that we all have, but we haven't been able to tap into it. And this is just going to enable us to tap into that. I see it. Um, so computers do some things really well. And people do things 
that computers cannot do, the empathy, the compassion, the creativity. So I, I see not a competition between the two, but once again, an, an enhancing and elevating the work of people and using, once again, the, the technology to do things it does really well that, uh, that people don't. As, as Jeff pointed out, um, people are not particularly good at considering vast amounts of data and finding patterns within data. They can take a few data points and make a decision, um, but the, the computers can consider so much historical information to draw connections and patterns and, once again, elevate to present to uh, the adjuster, the insurance uh, worker, um, uh, things to consider. Uh, I think that technology will help, but technology is not going to replace um, the thinking, the relationships that are necessary. Uh, artificial intelligence definitely will help with small policies, the routine, but it will not help with the, the complex and unusual risk that our industry has to take care of. Uh, that's going to take uh, a, a lot of collaboration, a, lo a lot of mentoring as people advance, and that cannot be done with artificial intelligence. When we return... We're focusing on things that, come from a back office perspective, things that, uh, you know, humans really shouldn't be doing to begin with. Welcome back. AI technology has some concern that ChatGPT and other platforms could one day replace human employees. However, some insurers believed quite the opposite. Let me maybe come at it a little different way. I, I, I think over uh, overall, we think about technologies like ChatGPT or generative AI uh, enabling us to augment work done throughout our business, making our employees more productive, freeing up their time to focus on things we humans do the best, uh, using our creativity, curiosity, and, and, and to improve whatever it is that we may be doing on our front lines or whatever role that we may have in the business. Uh, for example, you know, if, if they're an underwriter, mundane work of gathering data uh, for insurance submission uh, can probably be done best with AI. And the underwriter can work on developing a better relationship, say, with the agent, or, you know, asking the few additional questions to understand and uncover additional exposures that the data itself may not be t informing us. So we do think that, you know, uh, uh, that these are tools uh, that will help us extend uh, our capabilities, right, of the organization. Um, and, and, and certainly, you know, if, if, if I think about a tool, screwdriver, hammer, it does something really well, and that's why we use it and extends, you know, it can do a better job of driving a nail or screwing a, you know, screw into wood than I would do it my, with my own hands, right? So certainly by definition, we view these things as tools. Uh, there's also the case where, you know, there's work that no humans should be doing or cannot do, right? For example, we would rather have AI sort through uh, thousands of pictures post a catastrophe um, and label them appropriately in terms of the extent of damage and whatnot. And by the way, our AI does that already. Uh, and you know, we can uh, crunch through these pictures less than an hour uh, after a catastrophe has hit. And by the time you know, our claim adjusters and professionals come in in the morning, they're ready to work. They're ready to engage with our customers and insurers who may have suffered losses as a result. So, so I think you know we're focusing on things that, from from a back office perspective, things that, uh, you know, 
humans really shouldn't be doing to begin with. Uh, we're, you know, we're applying AI on those things first. Uh, certainly, like I mentioned, we're, we're applying AI to be able to extend uh, the capabilities uh, of our front lines, right, and equipping them with the best tools and the best information and the best insights. Um, so, so I think, you know, from my perspective, uh, this is no different than thousands of technologies uh, and tools that we have seen before that extend our own capabilities. I also think you're going to see a significant change in that agent community too. We've got we've we've got a number of agents who are retiring, and and so the sales channels for these is going to be very different. And so, um, companies may have to look at how do we how do we develop a sales channel that that has less workforce than we've ever had, and and you know that hopefully again, the fewer the workforce, the labor cost is generally one of your highest highest costs. And so that should hopefully hopefully again in the long run help put some downward pressure on these rates and hopefully help help these keep these things affordable for our consumers. But I, I'm not a I guess I'm not a a believer that AI is going to come in and we're going to have mass layoffs in in the insurance industry for sure. Um, I also just don't think that we I think we're in a hiring. Um, bonanza in the insurance industry, really. I mean, I think we'd love to hire more people as much as we possibly can from agents to company representatives all the way up. I don't, I don't think you can talk to anybody and say, boy, I, it's, it's super easy for me to find workers and uh, I, I've got no problem finding employees. And, and, you know, so I, I think this should hopefully lead to more efficiencies within the industry, which again, leads to that continuation of the industry versus uh, detraction or, or reduction. And I think without this technology tool, um, you know, those sales channels may, become more challenging and so then you may have more less offerings the key to leveraging artificial intelligence will be in finding the balance between automation and human interaction how can insurers strike the right balance between automation and human expertise in underwriting and brokering particularly in complex and high-risk commercial insurance cases I think it's really, really important to, to, to take a look at the totality of your operation, looking at the processes, the standard operating processes, looking at the business rules, and then where it makes sense, automate those things that take away from the professionalism and the human right expertise that prevents them from driving those best outcomes and those best decisions. So it's automating the processes that are mundane, that can be, in fact, driven by business rules or algorithms, and then allowing for greater insights, expertise to drive the interaction with the customer, the interaction with your trading partners, and ultimately provide those high value decisions that the human has to be able to engage with. You know, we've all been in that where you call the bank and you're pressing one, press two, press three. And, and it's, you know, online, it's the same thing. Uh, I, I, I always recommend, you know, make sure that there's a human being, you know, somewhere on the line. The closer to the front is better. Um, and that's what we're doing. And, and so we, we will continue to staff up and um, make sure that people get that human touch and that, that human experience. Thank you for joining us for How AI is Remaking the Insurance Workforce, the second episode in a four-part series. Don't miss part three, what the AI revolution means for insurance prospects, policyholders, and regulators. I'm John Weber, and this has been an AM Best TV special presentation. Looking to get the attention of the insurance industry? We have the platforms to do just that. 
Whether it be AM Best TV, AM Best Audio, Best Review Magazine, or Best Day, find out more by contacting our Advertising Services Business Development Team at 908-882-1706.